I believe that's Trent Forrest, but I can't see right now. Trent, that's you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, how are you? There we go. Oh, okay, now okay, you can okay, understand okay. I why I couldn't I see, see who it was for a second. It was a guy standing in front of you. Thanks for taking the time. You got an extended run on Dame tonight. What were you trying to do both on both ends of the floor? Um, just try to make it hard for him. Um, he's obviously a great player, so just kind of following our game plan. Uh, I mean, most of the time when he got the ball, we was kind of always sending two at him. So when I got Rudy and Hassan back there, it makes it easier. <laughs> what is it like to watch? I don't know if you know, Dame tonight I think was 0 for 5 inside 10 feet, and CJ was like 2 of 8. Like, what's it like when you have Rudy behind you? No, that's great because um, he can clean up a lot of stuff for for myself if I make a mistake or something or if I'm behind the play. So, um, I mean, when you have those guys back there, you kind of kind of get a cheat code sometimes, so it helps a lot. What has it been like for you to try to figure out how to play these two-minute and three-minute stints? Um, it's been great. I honestly enjoy it, just being able to come in and play hard for two, three minutes. Um, I mean, that's what the team needs, so that's what I do. Um, regardless of if I didn't even play at all, I'll still be happy. So whatever my role is, I mean, I'm always just happy to be on this team. So, I mean, well, all the things Leonard Hamilton said about you are probably true, my man. Thanks yeah. very much. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thank you. That's Trent Forrest. And you know, it's Ron, it's interesting is to the conversation we had the other night that like you want your guys to end the game tired. Trent Forrest comes out, plays three minutes and probably leaves tired. Well, yeah, because you, you, can, you can't. As much as they play five on five in practice, it's never, they're never just really getting after it. So you really don't get a chance to extend and, and, and you know, bust your butt, I guess, if you want to put it that way. But uh, it, it's a different pace in, in a ballgame. Tim Lacombe, Jake Scott joining us here. Tim Lacombe, was this the most complete effort by the Utah Jazz this year? Oh, without a doubt. I thought that, that was uh, a very well-played game. You know, we talked about the half. The Jazz just... Didn't make enough shots early on in that first half to pull away. But, man, the ball moved around. Guys were locked in. How about Joe Ingles out there defensively? I didn't think I'd say that this morning when I woke up. But Joe was actually really good out there today. Did you see something I didn't see there? Hey, he was guarding Miller pretty good, I thought. You know, for an old guy. <laughs> no, he did do a lot. I, mean, I just hadn't seen him, you know. Joe was mean to us this morning. We're not giving him any credit. Six assists, no turnovers, too, for Joe. Was, you know, hey, the interesting one to me is, I don't know what the Jazz did in the fourth quarter, but they only had one live ball turnover through three quarters. How about five total t turnovers for the game? I only care about live ball turnovers. I know, I know. But still, five's really good for the way this team's trending. I had them with more than that. You only had with five? Yeah, you're right, five. Five right? and eight points. Yeah, that's pretty outstanding. All right, so let me ask the really honest question for a second. How much was the Jazz really good? How much was it that Portland was defensively horrendous? I think Portland just looks like they're completely lost defensively. Um, but, I, I mean, the Jazz still had to execute. They still had to, yep. I, I think they could have come out and isolated and done their own thing and won by the same tonight. But they did it the right way. That's a good point. You know, I've always thought this, um, that one of the storylines of this season, it hadn't happened yet, was going to be first-year coaches. And how much, how hard it is on first-year coaches. You had mentioned that, and that how, and there's so many of them this year. And, and, and so many with no experience. Was it Chauncey? Well, Chauncey, Jamal Mosley in Orlando, who got us. But, um, you know, we'll see another one in Boston on Friday in M.A. Uh, Udoka. Um, Willie Green? Willie Green got us the other night. But New Orleans has, at times this year, looked pretty lost. Um, so I do think that, I do think that's part of the storyline of the season, but those guys give him credit. So, so my question here with, with Chauncey, it, it, he, you know, he does have uh, Roy Rogers, who's been an assistant for many, many years, uh, but, but he has Scott Brooks. I don't see Scott Brooks doing too much down there. Scott Brooks was a coach for the Washington Wizards for what, six, seven years? Yeah, a long time head coach. Yeah, and I don't see him unless this was his game to – put together a defensive scheme in order to try to stop the Jazz? If that's the case, fire him. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it wasn't very good. Or don't tell anybody about it. Yeah. Uh, no, that wasn't my scout. So blame the other guy. <laughs> I think you make a good point. They were lost offensively. What we saw tonight was the Jazz do what they do is when someone has a flaw offensively, just exploit all sorts of it. And they did make an adjustment or two, and every time they made an adjustment, the Jazz broke it again. 
right? They had the one Rudy was dunking early, then they adjusted, the Jazz broke it again, then they went to the zone, the Jazz broke it again. Um, so I think they're lost in all of their defenses, but I do think the Jazz showed the ability to break them. And I, I brought this up at the end of our postcast the other night. I do think it's worth mentioning. I don't, I'm not trying to start a controversy. I just think it's worth discussing because the lineup that they, we've had on the floor has four big-time bona fide shooters right now. Like, Royce O'Neal is terrific. Don't, I'm not, don't misinterpret my comments. But teams do not fear Royce O'Neal shooting at all. They leave him open. They let him shoot. You're not letting Joe Ingles, Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, or Boyan Bogdanovich open to shoot. And we, taxes, we actually discussed that a little bit, too, so we're on the same page. Yeah, and, it, you know, we really go back to the beginning when they first signed Boyan and Mike. That was the dream lineup, and it wasn't good the first year. And so the coaching staff went away from it a little bit. I wonder whether it recirculates here at some point after watching it here because that's, that's a pretty bona fide lineup. I'm, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit here because Royce O'Neal shot 39% from the three-point line last year. He just doesn't get the number. He passes up more than he shoots. They so guard to, to him. Say he's not. Here's what my take is. They don't guard him the way they guard Boyan or Joe Ingles. They're two that, or three steps true. closer to Boyan or Joe Ingles. They're two or three steps off of Royce O'Neal. So they're in Donovan or Mike's driving lane, in Rudy's rolling lane, off of Royce in a different way because they don't fear him shooting. Okay, I'll give you that. But he, he is a, a threat from a three-point yeah. line without a doubt. Yeah. He also takes just statistically just the most open looks of any player in the entire NBA. <laughs> he has the best looks of any player in the entire league. And you know what? So he should be at guy, 39%. For a guy who defends the number one player on the other team, 34 minutes every night, guess what he deserves? The most open looks of any player in the NBA. Let's talk, go back to that third period before we go here because you're talking about what the Portland Trailblazers took away and then the Jazz countered with something else. The skip pass. Remember the skip pass in that third period that was um, uh, causing the Portland Trailblazers hell for the most part because the Jazz were getting just tons of threes. That third period, two, four, six, eight three-point field goals was made, in that, and that's not counting the ones that, that were missed. But not that many in that fourth period. You've left him speechless. I or, am speechless. Or they want their show, and they want us to be quiet. <laughs> Never. No, I was just... I, well, that's funny. When we're long. bad, you just guys go quiet and just leave us out to dry. But oh, now, I get how it works. Gracious. We got a possession problem in our group here. <laughs> I'm, I'm holding on to the... I, I, I got to be a better teammate. We're we just, got a possession problem in our group here. I think we're just giving uh, Booner room to work, you know, like teams do for Royce O'Neal. You know, you got to give him space. <laughs> Space to spin that magic. We right gotta there. give him two seconds after he gets done talking. Make sure we, we've got it. Yeah, absolutely. So let right. it sink in. Okay, time's up. All right, can I leave, <laughs> can I leave you with uh, two notes tonight? Hit us. Dame Lillard inside ten feet, one for five. C.J. McCollum inside ten feet, two for eight. That's how you cut the head off a snake. There's a tag. The, the tail still waggles. I gave it so to you tonight, by the way. When you cut the head off the snake, you know it still waggles for a while it before does. it continues the, 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 to die. You know, like slow death, you know? It is. 129-107. I, I, by the way, I gave it to you early tonight. Did you? You missed it? Well, I had, I had something I had to do. Oh, it was epic going into the first break. It was one of the more pronounced ones ever. Like, gave it? Okay, I'll go back. Okay, yeah. It was, it was significant. Now I can hardly wait. All right. Have <laughs> a good night, guys. Thanks, guys. 129 to 107 is your final Jazz win over the Blazers. We're breaking it down next on Jazz Game Night Post Game Show on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe. Jazz win big tonight, 129 107 over the Portland Trail Blazers. Big time performance. Tonight from Donovan Mitchell, coach, 12 of 20. He had 30 points on three of eight shooting, five assists, three rebounds, four steals, including a, uh, a great steal, anticipating a pass, leading to a big-time dunk down at the other end. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Jazz, great team performance. And and you know what? When that ball moves, it, it comes back to you. Donovan was great tonight. It, it was so well played. And I think that um, the, the spacing tonight and the pace of the way the guys shared it 
was really great. Ron mentioned the number of skip passes. It was a great job just beating the defense. And the ball in traveling through the air will always beat, you know, somebody bouncing it. And so it was nice to see. It was kind of like the Jazz world's back on its axis. More threes went in again tonight. Uh, ball moved around. No, total number of assists was was terrific, and, and turnovers were down. Well, and Portland just didn't put up a ton of resistance. They did not. And, and But that's been my issue with them for a while. Yeah. It just doesn't seem to have hardly any fight defensively. They were led by Yusuf Nurkic, who had 24 and 10 tonight. But Damian Lillard, only 11 points on 4 of 12, shooting 1 of 4 from 3, 6, uh, excuse me, 6 rebounds and 5 assists. But not a great night from him. It's got to be, I would imagine, it's got to be rough. You know, he's he's carrying a heavy, a huge load. And this team's just not, especially tonight without Norman Powell, they're just... Uh, very, very limited, but um, yeah, I, I thought Damon had a kind of a quiet night going into the paint, as, as Locke said, was not the answer, and he just couldn't find it from deep. Uh, Anthony Simons had 24 off the bench for uh, for Portland, 10 of 15, 4 of 7 from 3. He's a good player. I like him. He, yeah. he made a lot of nice uh, decisions, too, and hit some threes, hit some pull-ups. Yeah, he's a nice young player. All of Portland's good players play the same position. Give me the eight best guards you can. <laughs> Quantity shooters, little on defense, but, hey, we'll go give it a shot. Bring them on. And uh, they even have Dennis Smith Jr., who played four minutes, who's and also got a, technical. a point guard. <laughs> yeah, right. Love that position. I guess Chauncey played that position, so bring them all in. Bring them all in. Bring them all in. Sort them out. Yeah. Uh, but the Jazz win big. Uh, David called it maybe their complete, most complete performance of the year. I could, I could probably buy into that argument. I definitely would. I think, you know, the fact that the ball went in in the second half way more than the first. They were 6-for-20 at halftime from three, but they were getting great shots. And I just like the way they stayed with stayed with it, uh, ended up with a uh, 135 offensive rating tonight. So that's that's going to not do uh, – we said that Portland on the road was a one, averaging defensively a 117, so the Jazz blew that out of the water. All right, with that, we will say good night to our network stations. Next broadcast coming your way Friday night, a few nights off. Uh, the Celtics will be in town. That game will tip off at 7 o'clock. For those of you sticking around with us, we'll have post-game sound for you, and we'll continue to break this one down as the Jazz win, 129-107, right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Catch and shoot three. Pow! The clock is at zero, and another Utah Jazz game is in the books. This is the Jazz Post Game Show. Ingles underhand scoop to Conley. Back out to Joe. Fires the three. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru. Donovan skies and hammers. Now with the recap of tonight's game, here's Jake Scott and Tim LaCole. Jazz game night post game show. Jake Scott coach Tim Lacombe. It's brought to our friends at Mark Miller Subaru featuring the My Subaru is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share markmillersubaru.com. Your final tonight. Jazz beat the Blazers 129 to 107. And why don't we get this right out of the way at the top? You know, the Jazz score 111 points, and that means. Free Arby's Roast Beef Sandwiches for you. Uh, Jazz App users, free Arby's Classic Roast Beef Sandwich tomorrow. Download the Jazz App, turn on notifications, and visit utahjazz.com slash scorebig to learn more. Jazz played uh, great tonight, both sides of the ball. Uh, Coach Lacombe and Rudy in particular, I thought, uh, was terrific. Rudy had 21 points, 16 rebounds, and just uh, played out of his mind defensively tonight. He did, man. I hearing Trent Forrest talk about it. It's like cheat code. It's like having a cheat code defensively. Uh, several possessions tonight where Rudy just, you know, took care of the ball screen initially, um, recovered to a roll, um, had to close out, block out, all those little things. But he, he's a clinic defensively. He he was so good tonight, and um, you know, it's just a luxury to have him back there. But fun to see him also get a ton of uh, opportunity on the offensive side and finish. Very well tonight. Yeah, he got a ton going at the rim. I mean, they just did not have uh, an answer for Rudy on the pick and roll, and you can put that on team defense, I guess. Yusuf Nurkic probably wasn't in the right spot a whole lot, but, you know, they the Jazz 
found Rudy when he was open, which isn't hasn't always been the case over the past couple of years. And, and inherently, the Jazz put so much pressure with that role. You know, we've talked about it a bunch, but um, you know, if you're going to hedge that ball screen, or if you're going to leave your big up there at all, and I loved what Quinn did with that tonight, is he just started to slip Rudy out of there. Um, it just put so much pressure on the weak side, and the Jazz navigated that perfectly. Um, continued to. To go to the well with Rudy, I loved you know the things that opened up on the ball screen roll, and then when teams start to suck in, that's when those threes are wide open. Guys are just uh, pot shots out there from three. Uh, let's get to uh, some post game sound. Let's start things off as always uh, with Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. You guys picked it up on both ends in the second half. The ball started moving more. You started making shots, but defensively, you started getting a lot more stops in the second half. Yeah, I mean, I I think. You know, out of the gate, I thought we were we were defending pretty well. Um, and at, at one point, you know, our, our bigs weren't up enough and our guards weren't locked. Just a few execution situations on the ball and pick and roll. And then also, you know, guys on the back Recording line. Recording in progress. We just we got a better feel for it as, as the game went on. You know, the way they're playing in pick and roll. I thought our guys were really unselfish and got off the ball um, when they needed to. And then obviously, you know, as you, as you spread it out and make some shots, all of a sudden lanes to the basket open up and, you know, in those situations, the ball doesn't have to move. It just has to get laid in. So I'm good with that too. Okay. So Donovan's game today, it seemed like he was making a lot more of the right reads. Yeah. You know, I, I think, Part of this is, you know, we've got a microscope on like everything, every decision Donovan makes throughout the course of the game. And, you know, I think he handles it great. Um, and as I've said before, you know, I just want him to make make plays. And sometimes that's going to be very obvious what the play should be. And there's other times um, less so. Um, but I, I think, you know, I thought some of the little things that that he can do that makes the game easier for him is, you know, just to space and be ready when someone else does get off the ball where, you know, he gets an opportunity to like attack a closeout or take a catch and shoot three. Um, he's done a good job running and transition more when he doesn't have the ball, which also puts him in some of those situations. So um, there's some things that, that he's, you know, more conscious of when he doesn't have the ball. And then I think that obviously makes him even more effective when he does have the ball too. And it, you know, it it can wear you out having the ball, every possession, trying to make plays for people. And we've got some other guys that are capable of doing that. And, you know, when he can play off them too, it, it, you know, it makes him even more difficult to guard. But he did a really good job. Had 11 points tonight, but, you know, you talked earlier before the game about not having worries there, but Mike is on him for 11 the game. Yeah, I think, you know, in combination, Mike and – you know, usually there's somebody else involved in the play um, because it's, you know, it's either pick and roll with Nurkic or a five or, you know, pick and roll with a small and a five. So, you know, us being able to execute, you know, in that situation, particularly with, you know, Mike and Rudy, um, that was one of the, you know, the area. I thought Simon's got some some clean looks there in, in the third quarter. Um, they all did, really. I thought that was the one time when we kind of let up a little bit. And um, particularly when a team's down, they're going to shoot those shots with, you know, a lot of confidence. But, you know, by and large, you know, Mike, Mike had another one of those games where um, he's going to get a call one of these days. I keep saying he's never got a technical foul. So he's like the one guy in the league. If he says something to you, you can believe him. So. Is Joe's presence in the starting lineup helping with the spacing in the ball? Um, I think Joe's presence in the game is what's important, you know, I mean, Joe has, whether it's the 10 minute mark or the three minute mark or the end of the game, um, the way that Joe's been playing has been really good. You know, he's just got a good feel. And particularly when teams are blitzing us with his size, you know, he's able to make an initial pass and, and he's got good feel for, you know, when to get off it and when to attack. And the other thing he's been doing, um, he's been using ball fakes. So it's hard to know where he's going to go. Um, but I would hope that his presence in the starting lineup, you know, I can't start seven, eight. I'd love to start nine guys with our team. Maybe that would be the answer and we'd, you know, beat everybody. But that's not the way it is. So um, that's, 
you know, for this group, that's the unique thing, you know, is just figuring out um, how to connect and play together regardless um, of whether you're starting, finishing, coming in at the seven-minute mark, the four-minute mark, you know, and we, we've got to have all those different lineups function. And they all function a little differently. Um, you know, so in Joe's case, um, you know, tonight especially because of, you know, who we were playing and the way we played, you know, he was terrific. When you have space on like, it looked like the spacing, particularly tonight, was just really good. Yeah, I, I, again, I think sometimes the way a team plays you um, helps you space. You know, I think that that's the case with Toronto. They're helping so much in the lane that you have to be and you have to get off the ball early. And if you don't, you turn it over. Um, and this was one of those games where guys are spread out higher so that there's an angle um, on the pass. And, you know, that's something that we've got to – there's a difference between, you know, that, that, that's, that matters. And that attention to detail for our group is really important. And I, I think where it shows up is, you know, we'll take Joe, for example, how many times he just caught it and shot it. You know, Rudy Gay had the same thing. You know, those guys, Boyan. Um, if they're doing that, it usually means they've thought enough to space properly. They've got a little more room to take the shot. And because they've thought to space, they're, they're ready to make a play. And Rudy Gay, to me, was a great example. You know, I thought his threes were, were great looks. And then he also had two times where he caught it and made a quick decision and ripped it and, you know, got fouled once and then got to the rim once. So um, that's what we want to see. All right, there you go. That's Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder after his team uh, came away with the win tonight, 129-107. Coach Lacombe, thoughts? He's got to be happy uh, with the way the team played. Like he said, they came out, I thought, locked in defensively. A nice job there. But the, I think the most the most telling thing tonight was what came out of the, the ball movement, the spacing. And, you know, I, I thought it was impeccable tonight. Guys were deep in corners. Uh, it really made life difficult for the Trailblazers to guard Rudy's role and guys, um, you know, and, and the Jazz played along. They moved the ball. It didn't stick. Um, and I think that's what you could really look forward to if they can kind of get in a rhythm that way. Uh, I thought that was interesting. Uh, asked about the spacing. It's something that uh, you've hit on, uh, well, a couple times now in the postgame show. So Coach Snyder obviously agrees. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a great way to play. And everybody, you know, everybody benefits. You saw – Everybody's sharing it, making shots tonight. Everybody's got to feel good after tonight. And now we've got a couple nights off. Uh, the guys can get some R&R and um, get ready for Friday. Let's uh, let's get a look at your points in the paint brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call 1-800-GO-SERTA. Visit SertaPro.com. That's Serta with a C. Serta Pro Painters, proven and trusted experts in painting. I thought that uh, this number would be extremely one-sided given the uh, the stats Locke gave us about uh, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum being uh, ineffective at the rim, ineffective, excuse me, but uh, Jazz did win the category 52 to 46, but maybe not quite as dominant as I thought. Maybe a lot of that has to do with Nurkic. Yeah, he, he, he's a space eater, and, and they are a very good rebounding team. So, um, but yeah, but I think Nurkic had a, a lot to do with that. He was, he, he, he holds off space and does a good job of clearing the glass. All right, Jazz win 129-107. Coming up next, we'll get you sound from the players. We'll continue to break this one down as well. The uh, post game is brought to you by our friends Mark Miller Subaru. The My Subaru is campaign featuring real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some. Share your own. MySubaruIs.com. More straight ahead here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post game show on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe with you. Post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, featuring the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share. MarkMillerSubaru.com. Your final tonight, Jazz win 129-107 over the Portland Trail Blazers. Let's get to your Master of the Glass, brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass, the local vehicle glass expert, here for another great year of basketball. Proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light Auto Glass is also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass rebound program. 
At the end of the regular season, Safe Flight will donate $5 to a charitable organization for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader, as usual. Your master of the glass, Rudy Gobert, tonight uh, just a monster on the rebounds. 16 rebounds for Rudy. Three of those coming on the offensive side. As uh, Once again, Rudy just had a wonderful game tonight. Rudy's going to be happy if he talks in the postgame. Because the guys played the right way, and he had a heck of a night. And they kept feeding him. You know, he was open, and they kept feeding him, and he did what he does. He dunked it or made a nice – he made a bunch of nice passes tonight too. How about the Rudy to Rudy? The connection. The connection. Uh, And and he was great defensively. I mean, he was chasing uh, guards out of the lane all night long. I mean, it's it's pretty remarkable what he's uh, what he's able to do. And I I don't know, you know, Rudy won the defensive player of the year last year, <clears throat> but he's won it three times. Last year was I thought I thought was his most deserving year because of what a complete defender that he has turned into. And I thought tonight was an excellent example of that. It rem- yeah, tonight reminded me a bunch of last last year, and that's what's exciting is I think we win a couple of games. Um, I guess we'll call them the review games with. The idea that man, this, where where's our team gone? And you know the ball movement, and this and that. that tonight, it, everything kind of was right with the world. And I do believe uh, a huge part of it had to do with Portland being awful defensively. <laughs> I don't know how yeah. else to say it. Um, but again, the Jazz could have won that game a lot of different ways, but they chose they chose to do it the Jazz way, which uh, I think everybody's got to feel good about. Yeah, I mean, this game, you're, you're right, had something to do with the Blazers, and, and you can see why they've earned their uh, defensive rankings. Uh, what are they going to do? Um, Make a move by the deadline. I mean, has to. Th- or or not make the playoffs. Or, or, or just, you know, play in the play-in game or something. And get bounced out. Or, or, or Dame could get hot, I guess, but... Man, he's gonna have to get really hot because that team gives up a lot of points. Yeah, I, I was gonna say he'd. I mean, he'd have to be playing at a career level or even exceed that because uh, I mean, you just can't have the worst defense in the league and and be a contending team. I don't think. And it's it's just so many different areas, but yeah, there's a lot. I'm glad that's not an issue we've got to watch every night. That's good. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you know, size, effort, all those things are an issue at the moment for for the Blazers. <clears throat> they were led by Yusuf Nurkic tonight, who had 24 points and 10 boards. But Damian Lillard, if you're just joining us, only 4 of 12 from the field, 1 of 4 from 3, 11 points for Damian. CJ McCollum was, had 19, but it took him 17 shots to get there, 7 of 17. So neither one of uh, the, the Blazers' big players had a particularly productive game. Yep, I totally agree. And that's... I mean, kudos to the Jazz tonight because that is one area. They they really locked in on those guys um, and did a nice job. And I think Nurkic was the recipient of, of a lot of attention to those two guards. But that's what you have to do. You you can't let those guys have a night because that will, uh, you know, increase the chances of you getting beat. So the way the Jazz approached it was great. I love the energy, the attention to detail. Um, and then, like you said, Rudy just being everywhere, doing everything. You know, but you, you look at Portland's roster. I mean, who's going to match up with Donovan Mitchell? You you look at Tony Snell, who who probably was going to do it maybe a little bit, but I mean, he only played 16 minutes, and Donovan went right around him. He had a sarcophagus. He's a, he's been in the league too long. Yeah. He so I mean, crypt. Who are you going to throw? Who are you going to throw at Donovan Mitchell? They they just don't have. I mean, the Jazz were missing their guy Royce O'Neal, who they put on the other team's best player every night. Portland didn't really have that guy. Covington? Mm-mm. No, not it. So they they just they're inept defensively. And they don't really have the personnel to get better. You say how do they get better? They they've got to make a move because I don't see I don't see personnel-wise how they're going to plug that gap. Well, it's uh it'll be interesting to kind of follow uh but there's, you know, that defensive piece for them is going to be vital. Um they're good offensively, obviously, but you have to be like extra good every night just have a chance if your defense is going to be that. Well, it's poor. what Brooklyn was trying to do last year. Now, Brooklyn's a little bit better defensively this year. At least their numbers well, at least have length, been. Right? I mean, but Brooklyn was just going to try and score 150 points a night, and, you know, you get to 149, you still take an L, right? I just uh, I don't think Portland has that quite that much offensive firepower. They're going to be able to have the worst team, or excuse me, worst defense in the league and be able to overcome it. I just I don't see it. Yeah, so, I mean, all intents and purposes, again, the, the Jazz just did a a phenomenal job in approaching the game, preparing for the game, and then executing. Um, I, I loved watching Portland scramble around, and the Jazz just continued to move the ball. It was beautiful. 
And that movement generated open shots, which generated a bunch of points for a bunch of players. Yeah, I thought uh, Coach Snyder had kind of a funny line. He'd start nine guys. He was talking about Joe being more comfortable starting. But uh, he'd start nine guys if he could. And he said it over and over again. There's a lot of weapons on this team. And when they're making and taking open shots, you know, they really can spread the production around. 30 from Donovan, 21 from from Rudy, 22 from Clarkson uh, off the bench, 14 from Rudy Gay, 14 from Joe Ingles, 13 from Bogdanovich. I mean, you're talking six players in double figures, and none of them are named Mike Conley. Pace, space, and energy, baby. That's what it was. And that's going to win a lot of ball games with that lineup uh, or with those guys you mentioned. It's an it really is when you look at the depth of this team and when they all uh, are a part of it, man, it's really hard to slow them down. All right, let's go back to the media room. Time for uh, a post-game conversation with Rudy Gobert. I'm just trying to make his life a little harder. Uh, you know, try to force him into uh, uh, drives, you know, and, and driving to me pretty much and uh, make sure we don't give up, you know, easy threes and uh, we we – also try to keep him off the free throw line. And uh, Mike did an amazing job. Uh, we did a great job as a team overall. There are games where, like the Pelicans, where you get three shots, four shots, and then there are games like this where they're blitzing and you're open and paint. How do you deal with that and kind of like, you know, kind of deal with just the ups and the downs of the number of shots they're going to get for season based on how they're going to play? Um, I mean, I, I, I think as long as we play the right way, you know, uh, I don't really care how many shots I get. You know, if we if we if we attack when when it hurts and we make the right rib, you know, we're gonna get a, either me under the rim or, or, or wide open trees. Um, you know, so it's 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 all about the way we play, and uh, and of course, you know, it's it's uh, like like three shots is not a lot. Hopefully, it doesn't happen again, but some games it might happen. As long as we move the ball and we share the ball, you know, uh, it doesn't really matter who gets the shots. You guys are, you know, pretty much containing Dame, CJ. You're doing a good job, but you guys got a guy like Anthony Simons who starts to kind of gain confidence. What what kind of needs to change to make sure that he doesn't keep? I think the it's the next level for us. Is to uh, not, you know, we we when we know the guy is already. He, he, I mean, he's a renowned player, Dame, CJ, you know, number two, uh, great scores on the team. So we our focus was great, but we have to. Uh, respect the other guys too, and Simon's a really good player. He can score, he can get going, and uh, he did tonight. And he almost brought them back in this game. So I think we just be able to be consistent, and no matter who is in front of us, uh, you know, uh, be able to get physical and and, and you know try to uh, make their life hard. And if we're able to do that, uh, probably win by thirty tonight. You know, so it's I think it's a mental thing, and uh, we still got a lot of room to grow uh, defensively. What did Joe bring tonight? It was great. You know, uh, I, I thought he was really good defensively. Uh, you know, um, and offensively, he, just being Joe, you know, making the right play, uh, knocking down shots, uh, one left hand layup. Uh, just being Joe, you know, and he, he's when he plays that way and he takes his shots, you know, it's a, it's huge for us. What was talking about? He can tell like things are going well when there's instantaneous decision making. The guys are making quick decisions. You know, Joe's doing catch and shoot threes. Uh, Ocho doing catch and shoot threes or driving right to. Um, are you I seeing more? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> are you seeing more of that lately? Um, yeah, you know, and that's you know when we lost against the Pelicans, that's the one thing that was sticking out. You know, is that we we have so much weapons on this team that we can. Uh, let any defensive scheme take away our ball movement and 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 us reading and making the right decisions. And you know, we tonight we saw Bigs being up on the blitz. Uh, you know, the next tomorrow might be somebody switching, or they might have the big back like like New Orleans. No matter what it is, we we know how to counter that. We just have to keep trusting one another and and uh, keep moving the ball. And good things happen. When it comes to lobs, what are your favorite ones to catch? Like, do you like when they're tough that you have to go up and just one hand? I like to the challenge sometimes, yeah. You know, when, when they throw it, I have to reach back. Um, I'm just happy to, to get a lot. You know, no matter where it is, I'm just trying to get it. And, and most of the times, uh, I get it. Who throws the worst lobs? What? Who throws the worst lobs? <laughs> um, 
Rudy Gerd. Ocho, ocho. <laughs> uh, he's working on it. We're working on it. <laughs> There's uh, Rudy Gobert. Uh, Rudy Gobert saying Rudy Gay's lobs need a little work. I found it funny right there where uh, somebody asked about Joe Ingles uh, playing tonight, and Rudy goes right to the defense. He always does, doesn't he? Oh, Joe played great but defense he did. tonight. I'm telling you, I brought that up. I thought yeah. he did. He was really Booner didn't agree with you. He was like, hey, go back and watch the tape, Booner. He was fine. He was fine. Uh, especially I, compared I think to other performances. better than fine. Yeah. I, I think compared to this year, I thought he showed a ton. Like, he shut guys down off the bounce. He was in the right place to stunt. I just thought Joe was very, very active defensively. I gotta, I, I'll take my beanie off for Joe. All right. want to remind you about uh, the Utah Jazz Most Valuable Educators program presented by Instructure, the makers of Canvas. Throughout the season, the Utah Jazz and Instructure will recognize 21 MVEs. Each one will receive a visit from Jazz Bear, a $1,000 grant, a personalized jersey, tickets to see a jazz game in a suite. Go to nba.com slash jazz slash MVE to nominate your favorite educator right now. Uh, speaking of Joe, let's go back down to the media room and now hear from Joe Ingles. Joe, I'm pro- I promise I'm not trying to trap you with this question, but... Trap uh, me? Yes. One thing you ain't ever gonna do is trap me. <laughs> That's great. So, um, stop saying. Do you <laughs> do you feel like you play better in the starting lineup as opposed to coming off the bench? Is there a difference? I do not care. I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like, you guys could probably dive into some stats and tell me something more than I know. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't even really have that much of an answer for you, to be honest. Um, obviously, I started for a long time, oh, a, a few years here. Um, the first year that I ended up coming off the bench was three seasons ago, I think it was, and then ended up starting anyway because of whoever was injured that year. Mike might have been out a bunch, whoever it was. Um, so I was used to starting more. Um Obviously, I don't care whether I start or not. Um, when I was first coming off the bench, trying to find that adjustment of like where I can be aggressive, who I'm playing with, obviously minutes are different, all of that. Um, do I enjoy starting? Like, yeah, it's fun. It doesn't, but do I also enjoy coming off the bench with JC and jacking a bunch of threes and playing with him as well? Like, it's so two different styles. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't really have an answer. Um, I don't know what the statistical correct answer is, um, but I enjoy my role um, every night almost of doing kind of something different. Uh, I think obviously I know if one of the four guards is out, I'm going to start. Um, like, well, usually. Um, if coach changed that, that's fine too. <laughs> um, but if I come off the bench, I... Obviously, just got to figure out a way to, to be aggressive and stay engaged. And um, like I said, that first time doing it was tough. Um, just trying to figure it out, not tough because I didn't want to do it. Um, I'm probably talking way too much about it because I don't have an answer. So I'm just trying to I'm trying to make something up as I go. But the real honest is I don't care. Um, obviously, I've just got to figure out how to be as aggressive and effective and um, all of that, whether I am starting or coming off the bench. You mentioned it's a different challenge for you night after night, right? Like yeah. against the Pelicans, you're kind of battling on switches against JV. Tonight, you're guarding Dame for a long time, right? Like, so how do you keep up with that mentally? And then kind of like, I guess, let me ask you, which is more tiring? Man, both in different, that one possession with Dame, he ISO'd me like eight times in a possession. And it's obviously different trying to stay in front of someone like that, of, of a, that high caliber player compared to trying to wrestle with a, Lithuanian, I don't know what you guys enter enter word at own fear of of him. Um, he's got like thirty points right now. Um, but yeah, obviously, kind of just the the same thing. Just trying to figure out if it is that, then I've got to figure out how to get him off the the boards. And if it's Dane, then obviously figuring out the best way to stay in front of him, contest his shots, and and make it tough. So, um, both just as tiring, not as tiring as three kids though. I'll give you that. It's easy to say you're playing well when you're making shots, but what what, what do you feel like you're doing when you're playing your best? Um, creating for my teammates, getting them involved. Um, I think 
regardless of what I shoot or defend or whatever, I think my best attribute or whatever is to, to get my teammates involved. Obviously, I know I can – I've always been – I don't like, I don't know why you would blitz me because I'm a pass-first guy anyway. Like, I couldn't think of anything better than to pass the ball, <laughs> um, especially to Rudy to keep him happy. So, um, yeah, it, I think for me it's – yeah, I, I, the enjoyment for me obviously is, is playing – the game in front of 20,000 people, but then getting JC the ball where he wants it, helping Don out so it's not so tough on him or, or Mike or getting Rudy the ball so he's not pointing up every possession to get an LU. Um, and I think that's where I can be really good. Um, and then obviously shooting the ball, defending, um, doing those things. But but I think obviously for me, the, the most enjoyment and the, the best thing I can do is is – those little things to, to help those other guys. Is there a mental element as a player where you... You got to crack your head when you stand up too, so much Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would not be surprised. <laughs> well, when, you're, when you've got like a scouting report of that guys like Dana CJ on it, you obviously have to put a lot of attention focus on there. Yeah. Is there a mental element to kind of relaxing on a guy like Anthony Simons? Um. Not necessarily with, I mean, obviously we knew him coming off the bench is almost like not JC because JC is on a, in a different world in, in my personal opinion. Um, but obviously he comes off the bench for them, is aggressive, can score like he did. Um, usually they, obviously they start together, those two, and then one of them goes out and Simons comes in and then those two are playing together. So you've always got two really good guards out there. Um, obviously for us was, trying to control those two um, first and foremost, Dame kind of first and foremost and CJ, like the smallest little, yeah, one, a one, a B one, a one B. Um, and then you've just got to obviously like know what Tony Snell obviously starts tonight. He, I don't know if he started many games this year, but shoots at a high level. So it's just like knowing who, who you can close out to who not. Um, and I think we, we did a pretty good job tonight of, of making it tough for CJ and Dame and then making Nurk, battle down there a little bit with, with Rudy and trying to help him and then kind of letting those other guys make plays. Obviously some of them made some shots and stuff. Um, they made that little run, but I think overall we were, we were pretty good with the, the plan, the game plan. When it comes to them blitzing that pick and roll, what's kind of the process of finding Rudy in the paint? Um, I mean, for me, I think it's like the easiest coverage to, to be out. If, if obviously we've got an unselfish team, which helps as well. Um, Sometimes you can find him yourself. I think I got him on the first one. Um, the hedge wasn't super aggressive, um, which I don't know if that was the plan or not, obviously. But usually just being able to get off it to the, one of those first passes, the closest two guys to you, and, and then it's really up to them to hit Rudy, skip it, or swing to the guy right next to him. And, and that's just reading, obviously, that third, the last line of defense, whether – I think it was like damn a lot of the time as well. Like you, you put those guys down there and have to make them make a decision on do you want to give up a dunk to Rudy or a three to Boyan. Um, so I think we did a good job with our our spacing once we worked out those first couple of possessions what they were doing um, with the hedge and that um, we, we were we were able to get the, the floor space. I think like I said, they made that one little run in the third end of the third or start of the fourth whatever it was, um, but a pretty good job to obviously kind of overcome again with those two guys to, to, to do what we did defensively with them was, was, was impressive. Quinn was talking about the importance of quick decision-making in this offense. What are kind of the keys as to whether that happens or not? Um, I think it's for us, the, the players to be decisive with what we're doing. Like whether when I, if you play that in the hedge and I throw it to Rudy Gay, he's either shooting it, passing it or driving it like it's we've we've had an emphasis on for years now on making like 0.5 decisions you've probably heard coach talk about it and stuff and I think this year we've been up and down with that um I think tonight was was probably the best it's also makes it easier when they're playing the way they're playing because you kick it up and it's really on that guy to just make a decision and um again obviously we've got unselfish guys so it's not about one guy trying to get points or rebounds or assists or, or whatever it is. And, and when we play like we did tonight and move the ball, we had had a few of those possessions that we usually see on uh, whatever Instagram page it is talking about jazz basketball and we're moving the ball. And, and then obviously someone's 
um, usually making a shot at the end of it. So just making a quick decision, being good with that. Like if you want to shoot it, shoot it. If you want to pass it, pass it. But just making a, a, a confident read on, on what you want to do. Joe Ingles tonight uh, stepped into the starting lineup. Royce O'Neal once again missing tonight's game, and Joe was really good. 14.6 assists, couple of rebounds, no turnovers for Joe in 29 minutes, 5 of 9 from the field, 4 of 8 from 3. And when he was asked about whether he would prefer to start, he was very political. And then he said, said hey, it doesn't don't, really matter, and then he went care. on for like three minutes saying why he loves to play from the beginning. Um, I, I think that's a part of every competitor. Uh, Joe's challenge is, you know, to figure out how to continue to bring it uh, off the bench. But, man, he's been great while Royce has been out um, again tonight, doing a great job of doing all the things he does well. But I thought he added some defensive stuff, and he talked about some of that as well. Uh, But just an all-around great game for Joe Ingles. Your final tonight, 129-107. Jazz beat up on the Blazers. Postgame is brought to you by uh, Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign featuring real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own. MySubaruIs.com. Coming up next, more player sound, and we'll continue to uh, break this one down as well. Stay tuned. It's Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night, post-game show. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe, your final score, 129-107. The Jazz beat the Blazers. Post-game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, featuring the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share at markmillersubaru.com. Coach, uh, let's do the uh, the Chick-fil-A file shot review of the game. Download a whole new way to Chick-fil-A. Earn rewards with the Chick-fil-A One app. All right, checking out your uh, free throw shooting tonight. The Jazz, uh, 16 of 23 from the line. Uh, the Blazers, uh, 12 of 17. You certainly like that attempts number, 16 of 23. Yeah, I love them getting to the line 23 times in addition to all the other th- great things they did. I thought in the second half they really kind of put the the pedal down and – played with a lot more force getting to the basket, uh, but that was nice to see. It's a big part of this team's offense. you got to be able to get to the line and get some some free ones. Big night tonight from Donovan Mitchell, 30 points, 12 of 20 shooting, 3 of 8 from 3. He was 3 of 3 of the line. Donovan also had 5 assists and 2 rebounds. He had 4 steals. In fact, Donovan's been on a steals kick. We might have to look up the uh, league leaders in steals so far because he's probably not that far off the top. But uh, he's done a nice job. That one particular steal we talked about earlier where he anticipated the pass led to a dunk on the other end. Very nice. The crowd liked that one. They did. And the buildup's always good for those breakaways, too, because you're just kind of wondering between the half court and the top of the key, you're wondering, what's he going to throw down? And it was nice. It was nice. Power power right hand. Kind of a tomahawk uh, dunk. It was very nice. All right. In fact, uh, speaking of Donovan Mitchell, let's head back down to the media room and hear from him. Oh, um, I'm wondering if there's sort of like a, a mental battle that has to happen when you've got a you know scouting report with guys like Dave and CJ and putting a lot of folks into that. You've got like Anthony Simons comes in. Obviously, you know, you got a guard, but is there a little bit of like relaxation that you have to battle against? Um, no, you know, I think, well, for me personally, I, I, I think I, not so much. I've known Anthony since. Trevor, I know he could hoop. We all do. You know, we we pay. We have a uh, respect for everybody. It doesn't matter, you know, what it is. You know, it's, you know, when a guy like Dame and, and CJ require a lot of attention, it's, it's natural for guys to kind of capitalize on that. But he's been doing this all year. He's been, his career, really, that's kind of it. He's elevated it each year. Um, we, we he got to the spots and we didn't necessarily guard it the right way the whole game. We did it in spurts and he capitalized. He's a talented player. He's, he's a guy that's, he gets paid, you know, doing this because he's 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 worked. You know, I saw him high school, no college, and then now he's doing this thing. Especially when people didn't really necessarily believe that he could perform at this level, um, and he's he's showing and proving them wrong. So I'm happy for him. But you know, as a group, as a team, stuff like that happens. You know, other guys get going, but we were able to, you know, lock in on the the, the two main ones and you know, kind of keep them quiet. Got a guy that can capitalize on the focus the other guys are getting. Then if he starts to get confidence by hitting a few, I mean, 
Terrence Mann, right? Yeah, the same thing. I wouldn't say it's the same thing as, as Terrence Mann, but I think, you know, with, with Anthony, he's, he's a hooper, man. Everybody, at the end of the day, we're all in the NBA, you know, at the end of the day, but, you know, just, you know, he, he, he had a good night, you know, but we were able to do what we were doing, lock in and, you know, get stops we needed and able to push and then get up the floor, but, you know, got to get credit where credit's due uh, as well. Your skills are way up this year? Just being active, you know, locked in defensively. That's it. You know, um, being in the right places, being ready to switch, being understanding the game plan, understanding what guys are going to be. Um, it goes back to the framework I was telling you about a few weeks ago or whatever, like understanding, you know, where guys like to be, the tendencies, and then you're able to, you know, kind of predict and be in the right spots for those situations. And then just using my length and then being active. The old Rick Pitino press taught me that. Um, and it's paying dividends right now. It's not a commentary on either guys, but because obviously both Joe and Royce have a different, you know, strengths. How is the lineup different of Joe's and their starting um, Joe's a ball handler, you know, so being able to kind of get off it, you know, it's definitely different. You know, Royce provides a, a huge spark, you know, as far as the defensive prowess, we all know that. But offensively, our plays are different, our reads are different when it's Royce, our reads are different. I was about to say they're good or worse, you know, I think they're 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 special in their own right, you know, but. You know, when Joe's in, Joe's able to bring the floor up, bring the ball up, kind of he initiated a lot of the attacks tonight, you know, early. You know, he had Rudy on a bunch of passes, which helps. He's 6'6". Six, six. He sees a lot of different things that myself and Mike don't see because we're only 6'3". So um, it gives a different perspective in that starting lineup. But, you know, when Royce gets back, he'll be back at it. We'll keep doing what we're doing. That's your reads and quick decision-making, your spacing today. I'm getting better. You know, I think tonight was pretty good. You know, I just got to continue to do it consistently. Um, that's really it. Um, just making the game easier myself. Um, the ball's starting to go in on, on some of the shots that I've been missing. Um, that that's, that helps for sure. But, you know, just being able to be ready, be in the stands, be locked in every possession, um, it's, it's been good. Royce is obviously such a good rebounder, and I'm curious, kind of like you guys put Sorry, an, Royce's. Yeah. Um, you guys put an extra focus on kind of helping uh, on their big man down low when he's gone against both JV and Nurk, you had good Yeah, we all, it's a collective effort. You know, it's kind of going back to that, what I said a few years ago, we used to say a few years ago, it's like next band up. You know, when you lose a guy who's on the boards, who's fighting down low, we got to all get in there and crash and do our thing. So um, with him out, especially, we put a lot more in, in focus on it, um, especially with myself and Mike down there, Joe, boy, we're all getting in there. And also it allows us to kind of push the break, you know, and start to break ourselves when we get those rebounds. This isn't about tonight's game, but Rudy mentioned that you are the one that care the most about his shoes. How do you go about choosing your shoes for each game? Um, honestly, it's whatever I really am feeling. You know, tonight, you know, I, I had just got the shoes I got tonight. I had got probably like six hours, like probably like six, eight hours before the game. I hadn't worn. It was the first time I wore them tonight. You know, some nights I do that. Sometimes I don't like the feel. It's really just sporadic and spontaneous. You know, last year I used to change shoes a lot at halftime. Um, I'm really, you know, I can't do the same thing with my, when I choose what I walk in the arena with, like, I don't say, all right, tomorrow I'm going to wear this. I kind of just wake up 30 minutes before I'm ready to leave the house and say, it's going to be that, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's kind of how I do my shoes. It's like, I'll go out there, wear a pair. And if I like how I feel in them, if I make some shots and I'm superstitious. So it's like, you know, I'm all about that. So that's really where, where it comes from. Um, I know Jordan changed your, you know, from your shoes into another pair during that Atlanta game. Yeah. That kind of hurt your feelings a little bit. I was like, bro, hurting the sales. What are you doing? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Nah. Um, I'm just appreciative that he's wearing them. You know, I appreciate all the guys that wear my stuff. And, you know, everybody that wears my shoes, I'm very appreciative. And, you know, he's been a Nike guy his whole life. I, the fact that he even put those on, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm just appreciative of that. And just being able to help promote my stuff, I think it's just the love for that. I, I'm, I'm appreciative. Seeing a ton of development on Trent's, like, long-range game. Um, but in the relief minutes that he's got for Mike and Joe, it seems like he's getting a little bit quicker on his first step. Have you seen that in practice and how have you seen it? I think what we're starting to see is the trend from last year. You know, you look at how he played last year with myself and Mike were down, like, aggressive decision-making. I told him, I said, <clears throat> especially in the lineup when it's me and him, like, teams are going to think that I'm going to want the ball. So you're going to have opportunities to attack. Be aggressive. You know, he's so selfless. He's looking to make, make, make plays, but – what he's starting to see again is like him attacking is helping is helping like he thinks like you know i don't want to hold the ball too long and he's he's progressed very well defensively he's picking up full court he's doing so many good things i'm like bro go ahead and score like you know it's it's 
it's fine, you know, to be, be yourself, you know, because when you start to think too much, that's when the turnovers and the mistakes come in. And it's tough for a young guy, you know, coming in, he wants to play perfect every possession. Um, and he's doing a good job of handling it, doing a good job of coming in and being able to run the offense, initiate, and then it helps when you know the plays. You know, he's locked in knowing all all the things that he has to do. And, you know, I'm, I, you saw tonight he's had the half spin to the reverse layup. We got foul floaters, like stuff like that. Like that's what he's been able to do even since last year when we were out. Now he's being – more comfortable and being able to do that as well as picking up uh, defensively full court. All right, there you go. Donovan Mitchell, who once again was, uh, was really, really good tonight. 30 points, five assists. Uh, he had four steals and a couple of rebounds. Uh, looking it up, Donovan is seventh right now in uh, the league in steals per game at 1.9. The leader is Alex Caruso at 2.2. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Absolutely. I, I wouldn't have guessed he'd been up that high, but I love that. And, uh, I think Donovan, you know, taking pride in that piece and um, the way he talked about everybody giving that defensive end, you know, uh, uh, an emphasis was really important uh, for this team to be good. So uh, I just wondered, what how, how do you decide what hat to wear to the show? Uh, well, I have three or four in a you little decide, bit of a rotation. You kind of start talking and see which... And just see where it goes. Okay. Uh, you, Donovan, I... Actually, let me let me salvage a, a serious question out of that because he talked about his shoe uh, habits. Yeah, that's why I asked the question. Uh, switching shoes in the middle of the game, like, do you ever get new shoes and just don't like the way they fit until you break them in? I mean, flipping new shoes at halftime and stuff like that. That I don't know. Like we saw Bogdanovich play with those same or ugly orange shoes for the entire season last year. I bet there, there's got to be differing opinions on that, right? But yeah, I mean, I'm, just going I'm like to you. new shoes at halftime seems crazy to me. Yeah, it's like I'm going to go out for a jog in a brand-new pair of shoes, and that's going to equal a lot of blisters. But Donovan must have it figured out, and they make them for him. So, Well, yeah, they're, they're his shoe. They're his shoe, <laughs> yeah, for heaven's so, sake. I mean. I just think it's funny sometimes that we get to the level of, how do you pick your shoe? I don't know if that was a real helpful question, but, you know, maybe somebody's writing something. You never right. know what somebody's working no, on I get in that. these, on these post games. But but it's my, I, I actually have the last say, so I get to, you know, bring it up. Wonder why we're asking about shoes. Well, it seems like we spend a lot of time dwelling on shoe color for some reason in the NBA these days. Yeah, shoe color and tights. At one point, Locke was talking about how green shoes were guarding green shoes tonight. Here, I think it was uh, Mike Conley guarding C.J. McCollum, maybe. Did you play junior jazz? Uh-huh. Way you back remember the, the wristbands? Did they have the wristbands? No, I don't know if I remember. So when I was a kid, and I, I mean, I was before junior jazz, but that's how you decide. You would have a set of wristbands, and the other team would have a set of wristbands, and that would the guy that was wearing the same color of wristband as you is who you'd guard. Oh, so it was kind of a way to teach man to man, Prince. You know, yeah. Keep so you run down the floor. There. I gotta find the red. Yeah. Oh, I see. All right, coming up next, uh, we will get Coach Lacombe's final thoughts on this one. We also have a play of the game, and our friend Tyson Ewing has sent in some stat nuggets for the first time in a little bit. So we will get to that coming up straight ahead. Your final tonight: Jazz beat the Blazers one twenty nine to one oh seven. Post game show is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign, featuring real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own at mysubaruis.com. More straight ahead, Jazz Game Night Post Game Show on the Jazz Radio Network. Lobs it back out to Forrest. He penetrates. Hi to Rudy. Oh my goodness! Rudy caught it with one hand, brought it back down through the cylinder, outstretched and brought the fans to their feet. Play of the game right there. Jazz game night, post game show on the Jazz Radio Network. Play of the game brought to you by LA, uh, Larry H. Miller dealerships for service sales and selection. LHMauto.com, driven by you. Your final Jazz uh, beat up on the Blazers, 129 to 107. Post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, featuring the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share. At markmillersubaru.com. Uh, big performances tonight, coach, from Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Donovan with 30 points, five assists, two rebounds. He also had four steals. Rudy Gobert, 21 points, 16 boards, three assists, a steal, and a block. Uh, Jazz got big performances from those two stars tonight. And can we, you know, so great to see those guys play well. Um, I, I thought David talked about 
uh, in the broadcast tonight, the way that the team was kind of communicating out on the floor uh, just looks like a, a really nice kind of turn for this team over the last couple games. Uh, also, Jordan Clarkson tonight I thought was really good, 7 for 15 from the field. Uh, took more shots that, you know, I feel like he can make. Uh, was 6 for 10 from 3, so it was nice to see Jordan have a really good night too. All right, uh, it, it's been a few games since we've uh, had some stat nuggets from our guy Tyson. Nice to get a few. You ready to roll? I thought he'd retire. I know. Our friend Tyson Ewing, he does stats for the television broadcast. Uh, uh, when he finds some time, he'll fire a few our direction Thank for you, the post game. We appreciate it. Uh, let's start with uh, some defensive stuff. When Rudy Gobert was on the floor, Portland shot 39% from the floor, and the Jazz were a plus 29 in that span. When Rudy Gobert was off the floor, Portland shot 62%, and the, the Jazz were minus 5. Wow, that's big-time difference. Uh, I did see the Jazz held the Trailblazers to 46% from uh, shooting at the rim. I'll tell you, Hassan Whiteside uh, has been really good this year, but there's only one Rudy. Only one Rudy. There's only one Rudy. And uh, as I was uh, looking up uh, the steals leader, I flipped over to rebounds just for fun. And, you know, Rudy at 14 and a half rebounds is number one in the league by almost an entire rebound. Uh, Next at number two is Nikola Jokic at 13.7. So Rudy not only leading the league in rebounds, but by ways. I love everything about that. He's the master of the glass, man. All right, uh, moving on to some uh, other stat nuggets. This is the fewest turn- turnovers the Jazz have had in a game since November 29th, uh, exactly two years ago, 2019. Uh, this is just the 10th time since the stat was recorded in 1982-83 that the Jazz have had five or fewer turnovers in a game. How about that? Wow. It's like a 40-year span. It only happened 10 times. Only uh, the third in the NBA this season that a team has had five or fewer turnovers. That's a big deal, a very big deal, particularly for this team. The, the turnovers at times have really kind of slowed down the efficiency, but tonight they got shots. Uh, two more. This is Rudy's 30th career 2015 game, third time this season. That's a great number for him. And finally, this is uh, Damian Lillard's co- uh, career low here at Vivint Arena. Wow. Great job by by the staff, the guys executing, just making life difficult for him. That was the plan, showing bodies. He saw a lot of bodies, and they did a nice job of taking him out of what he likes to do. Lillard only had 11 tonight on 4 of 12, shooting 1 of 4 from the field. Uh, the Blazers were led by uh, Anthony Simons and Yusuf Nurkic that had 24 apiece. C.J. McCollum added 19. We mentioned uh, Rudy and uh, Donovan, 30 for Donovan, 21 for Rudy. Uh, Jordan Clarkson had a great game, another great game. He's been really, really good as of late, 22 points, 7 of 15 shooting, 6 of 10 from 3. Rudy Gay had 14. Joe Ingles had 14. Bogdanovich had 13. Good night all around from the Utah Jazz. Coach Lacombe, let's get some uh, final thoughts from you before we close the book on this one. I just felt like overall, you know, this was – it was refreshing to see them kind of put two games back-to-back like this. Um, I I think they could have won this game a variety of different ways, but they did it – their way. Uh, this team is so good when they move the ball and are you know and are locked into the principles defensively. Uh, this this break, in my opinion, comes at a great time. Uh, the the Jazz have been on quite a grind, and it's nice to have some back to back back nights off. Um, let them kind of clear their mind of games, uh, but a big one Friday right here against Boston. Uh, I'm guessing that uh, our friend. Sam Lacombe is going to be. I would imagine Sam's going to try to try to make it on Friday. I had a buddy at the game tonight. Actually, he was sitting in the owner's seat. Oh yeah, yeah. old associate athletic director at BYU, Mr. Brian Santiago. Oh, how about that? And what a job those guys have done down there. They, oh they, my goodness! Entire department didn't lose a game in November. So hats off to all those guys. They're doing a great job. Ben and I, uh, Ben and I, were talking about this today. A plus year for sports. In this state, oh no question, so exciting the the young coaches, you know that it's just, it's just great, and the old coaches too, like yeah. Wit having a a storybook here, man. I'm hoping the Utes can go down to Vegas and win football, basketball. There's been a lot of positives, Cougars a lot of really good teams. Basketball yeah. today, how about that? That's great. It's great for everybody, you know. It's great for the sports environment in the state, which is um, awesome. Uh, been doing this for a long time, and it's it's just great when everybody's uh, playing well and winning games, and everybody's in a good mood. It makes it fun to do this job. I'm with you. 
Yeah. All right. We want to say uh, thanks to David Locke and Ron Boone doing a great job calling all the action as usual. Thanks to the uh, broadcast assistants doing a fine job. Thanks to Brian and Jeff who are both at it today. We've got Brian uh, uh, at the uh, at the board at the moment, but I, th- I think Jeff was here, right? Yeah. Okay. So we had uh, we had double trouble producing the show tonight. They were That's working nice. so hard in there. The windows were fogging up. I was like, man, you guys settle down. You don't need to run to the corner like that. Maybe it was the pizza. Uh, big thanks to the title sponsor of the postgame, our friends at Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru is campaign featuring real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own. MySubaruIs.com. And, of course, Coach Lacombe, thank you, sir. You are the best. Great being with you, my man. Have a couple great days. Yeah. Enjoy a few. I know there's part of your nights off, you know, this time off that you're not going to particularly enjoy, but. Enjoy everything else. I will. I will do. <laughs> I will do so. One twenty nine to one oh seven is your final Jazz win. Up next, they'll take on the Boston Celtics here at Vivint Arena on Friday night. That game will tip off at seven o'clock. Pre-game coverage begins at six, and of course, you'll hear it all right here on the Jazz Radio Network.